Father, we thank you right now for the Word of God. We thank you for opening up our understanding, opening up our eyes, causing us to see and understand what it is that you have done, what it is that you are doing, who we are, and what it is that we should be doing as a result of all those things. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you bring understanding to us. The scriptures are not difficult to understand. The Word of God is not difficult to understand. We thank you that by the Holy Spirit today, the author and the teacher of the book, that we'll see and perceive, we'll know and understand. And we give you the thanks for that. We give you the praise for that. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to continue this morning on the sermon series that we've been in, uh, Spiritual Disciplines. We have talked about being strong in the Lord. We've talked about uh, a life of prayer. Uh, We've talked about our obedience to God. Those are the the spiritual disciplines that we've covered uh, so far. Uh, It's important for us to understand that these disciplines are not to be you know, received differently based on our own personal experiences or our own uh, personal giftings or callings. They're, they're across the board. They apply to everyone. And what I mean by that is it doesn't matter how long you've walked with God. Uh, you must read the word of God. You must pray. You must worship. You must give. You must serve. You must come to church. Uh, we're going to continue to unpack all those truths. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with God for 50 years. You'd never get to a place where you've had enough, learned enough, and don't need what the Word tells you that you need. The Bible says that Jesus gave gifts unto men. He put pastors in the church, and there's a reason for that. And so if we live to be 100 years old and have walked with Jesus for 99 and a half of those years, we're still a daily life. Everybody say daily. We're still a daily life of prayer, of worship, of service, of witnessing, of reading, and of keeping those things before us every single day. Amen. On uh, Wednesday, we finished up talking about obedience and a couple of things to look at, just kind of segueing into the next uh, subject that we're going to talk about today. Uh, But, you know, the scripture tells us that the Holy Ghost was moving on the prophet. And he went to, Samuel went to Saul, and he said, listen, God doesn't like the Amalekites, so he wants you to destroy them. Wipe them off the face of the earth, get rid of them. Don't keep any of them, kill all of them. And this may be graphic for you, and I I don't apologize for that. I'm not trying to be graphic. The word of God declares that they should kill the babies, that they should kill the nursing children, they should kill the women, they should kill the men, they should kill the goats, they should kill the sheep, they should kill the oxen, kill everything. Everybody say destroy. God had a plan. He wanted to destroy Amalek. He wanted to destroy the Amalekites. That was the plan. And so the Holy Spirit sent the prophet of God to go to the king and say, listen, king, this is what God wants you to do. Now you go ahead and make sure that you get that accomplished. You make sure that you obey the voice of the Lord. And so Saul says, right, got it, kill them all. And we're going to move on and do the next thing that God wants us to do. So if we pay attention to 1 Samuel chapter 15, we see that Saul, the king, came up and he said, hey, man, we've done exactly what God told us to do. We killed everybody except for King Agag. And Samuel says, what? And he says, yeah. And he said, in fact, we killed all the people except for the king and then the best of the sheep and the cattle. And Samuel says, wait, you you think that God has pleasure in the offering. And he does to a degree, but not 
to the extent that he does to your obedience. And so people have understood this uh, to be true, but yet we still haven't really followed after it. So he says this statement. He says, obedience is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. And then he makes this awesome, awesome statement. He says, you know, rebellion, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness, doing your own thing, refusing to obey, is as of iniquity and idolatry. God is literally saying to the king through the prophet, you might as well worship a false god if you're going to do it your own way. That's what he said. Now you can be mad at me because I have the microphone on, but that's okay. I can handle it. But the word of God says, the word of God says, the prophet of God said, if you want to do things your own way and handle it your own way and not submit and not yield and not surrender to God and to the Holy Spirit and his moving in the earth, then you might as well, you'd be just as good to worship a false God. That's what he said. Read it for yourselves. It's in the book, First Samuel chapter 15. I promise it's there. Amen. So we want to make sure that in everything, our bottom line is obedience, right? I'm not talking about obeying a man per se. We're talking about obeying God and the word. Now, we are supposed to yield to one another and surrender to one another and give place to one another. And yes, this horrible, terrible word, submit to one another. That's all scripture. We can see that in the New Testament all throughout the book. But at the, at the pinnacle of what we're talking about in obedience isn't obeying a man. We're talking about obedience as obeying God. And here's the situation. When you come to, to obeying, air quotation marks, a human, we don't do that blindly. Say amen. amen. But when we follow God, we do it absolutely to the T, intentionally, not blindly, but led by the word with no question or regard. If God says that he wants you to stand on your left foot and hop four times, then guess what we should all do? Not sit there and say, but I don't like my left foot. I don't think I need to hop on my left foot. No, in instant obedience to the voice of God. Instant obedience to the word of God. Amen. Amen. Preaching good already. Amen. Instant obedience, no delay. We're looking for our, as our bottom line in everything. And in Jeremiah 42, it says this. He said, listen, even if it's right or not right, even if it's convenient or inconvenient, we are going to obey the Lord. Sometimes it's inconvenient to do these things that we're talking about in this lesson in this sermon series. Sometimes it's inconvenient for us to read the Bible. We're going to talk about Bible reading, Bible studying today as a spiritual discipline. Sometimes it's inconvenient because, you know, the masters are on and the tigers are about to start. And God, you're just tempting me because I don't want to read. I want to watch the masters and I want to watch the tigers and I want to watch the red wings and I want to watch the pistons. And I got this stuff to do out in the yard and out in the garden and around the house because after all, it's spring as if God didn't know. And all these things begin to come into e the equation. Yeah. But even if it's inconvenient, we obey the Lord. Even if it's inconvenient. You know, this morning, when I woke up this morning, and this is not me patting myself on the back, when I woke up this morning, I didn't have a voice. 
Not a voice, like Christina was on Friday, no voice. I would have been whispering into a microphone. And I hauled my happy body to the building because that's what I'm supposed to do as a child of God. I go to church. I came to church. I went into my office. And I was text messaging people because I couldn't call them because I didn't have a voice. And at some point, I shifted and I said, listen, there are people that don't like this, but it's irrelevant. You called me to preach. So... You said that you'd give me words, and you said that you'd use my voice, and I don't have one. Now, I don't care, and this is what I said to him this morning, I don't care if my voice goes away when I'm done preaching. I'd prefer it not, but there are people who'd prefer that it did. I don't care if it goes away, but if I'm supposed to be able to serve you in the capacity that you've called me to. This is totally inconvenient, by the way. I may even suck on a cough drop to preach the gospel today. Totally inconvenient. I could do more convenient things today. Wrap my neck with a hot towel and, and gargle salt in baking soda, which I've done both of those things, and drink honey by the cup and all that stuff. It'd be more convenient, but I'm supposed to come to the house of my God, and I'm supposed to bring myself as a sacrifice of praise unto his name because he's great, and he's greatly to be praised. This isn't Pastor Brian saying, everybody look at me. This is saying, and the moments where it's convenient, that's easy. It's the moments when it's inconvenient and it would be easier for us to just do whatever it is that we would rather do. Those are the moments where obedience and submission is really tested. Dr. Barclay said it this way in SMTI. Your submission is only tested when someone asks you to do something that you don't want to do. Submission is only as deep as your willingness to do something that you would rather not do. Oh, can someone say... Amen. So we're talking about disciplines and we're talking about obeying or doing or having these habits, <laughs> how they move us into a place where God is able to bless us, increase us, cause us to walk into things that he's given us to do and he gives us power. There actually are moments where when we obey him in these disciplines or these habits, literally in the spirit, it's like plugging into a power source. Well, Pastor Brian, the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me, right? But the Bible says that we should pray and seek God and we should repent of all of our sins. Why? So times of refreshing would be able to come from the presence of the Lord. So yes, I have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me and I get that theologically, but also in addition to his indwelling me and his leading me and empowering me, God in his great and infinite perfect wisdom has given you and I opportunities to plug in intentionally and on purpose to a power source. And when we obey him and move into those positions of prayer, of worship, and serving, and giving, and witnessing, and Bible reading, then there's times of refreshing coming to us. We're with God, fellowshipping with him. We're doing what he's asked us to do. Someone say, amen. Even if it's not convenient. Even if it's inconvenient, we're going to obey the Lord. So the person, the person, the man, the woman, the boy, the girl who really desires to move into more experiencing the power of God and the presence of the Lord must absolutely put at the top of their list a daily, everybody say daily, a daily habit of Bible reading. There is a difference between Bible study 
in Bible reading. There's a humongous difference. I want you to see this, uh, this idea or this pattern. Now, Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, hey, listen, you need to be diligent to study, study, study. Be diligent to study. I don't have to read my Bible. Be diligent to study. Well, uh, the reason that I read my Bible is so I don't get in trouble with God, and so that way I can be in God's good graces and on his good side, and so he'll answer my prayers. No, 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 no. You need to be diligent to study. Why? So you, you can show yourself approved by God. You show yourself approved by God. How? By studying the Word of God. God didn't say, hey, you know what, Sam? You're here again, and you're studying, so I say you're approved. That's not what he said. He said, be diligent to study to show yourself approved of God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study is when we go into intense, intentional, on purpose, diving into the word of God. We get into lexicons and we get into language and we get into dictionary and we get into commentary and we just say, God, I am not going to leave here until you reveal to me your word on this subject. And we continually, intentionally dig in and 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 dig in. And And there's a refining moment in our study. And it's no different than what happens with precious metals. They take this precious metal and they bring it in and they melt it down and turn it into a liquid. And then the surface, all of a sudden, there are these impurities. Everybody say impurities. The impurities begin to settle up to the surface. And then literally, literally, they just go ahead and skim all the impurities. Say impurities. They take the impurities out of the precious metal, and then when that, that refining process is completed, then they cool that off, that fire goes away, the, the metal becomes a solid again, and there you have pure, everybody say pure. pure. There you have pure and clear, and in addition to pure and clear, there's almost a more concentrated precious metal. It's been refined in the fire, Right? Right. So when you and I are faithful, diligent, and create a habit of the Holy Spirit helping us to study the Word of God, then we go in and say, I'm not going to leave this time of study. Bless God. I've got the books open, the laptop open, the notepad open. I've got lexicons and dictionaries and Bible handbooks and commentaries. I'm going to find out what your Word says about this subject so that way All the impurities can be just skimmed away. And the only thing that's going to be left is the clear, concentrated, pure word of God. So there's a difference between studying and reading. I'm going to go ahead and throw a bone to you and help you. There is a good chance that you don't have time to study every day. There's a good chance you are not excluded from Bible reading. Totally different function. I'm not diving into the deep depths of God concerning faith and pulling out notebooks and computers and CDs and and teaching tapes and books and commentaries and lexicons and dictionaries. And I'm not going to leave and tell all of the impurities, all the false doctrine, all the trash and the garbage that's been interjected into what I believe and men or humans believe that's different. The purpose of our daily Bible reading, say daily, The purpose of our daily Bible reading is fellowshipping with God, with God, with God. People say to me often, why is it that you tell people to read Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians over and over and over and over and over again? 
How come you don't tell them to read all the Gospels? And why not Proverbs? And how come not Psalms? And why not Genesis? That's one that people like to read a lot for some reason is Genesis, and it's cool, but it was 6,000 years ago. I got to figure out what's happening today. What I'm supposed to be doing. Now, I study all those things, and I read all those things, and I get, people have asked me, do you even know that there's, an old, there's another half of this book? Did you know that? And I do. I actually do. And, and I, can, I can preach it, and I can minister, and I can pull out the allegories, and I can pull out the, the, the symbolism and all that stuff, but it's not really going to change your life. I mean, I could go through and talk to you about the Levitical law to the T. I can, but that doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't do anything for me, I can prove biblically that there is a human being who lived on planet earth before Adam. Biblically. But that doesn't help you tomorrow. The pre-Adamite doesn't get your baby healed. It doesn't do anything for your salvation. It doesn't do anything for your redemption. It doesn't do anything. Why is it that I send people to those epistles? Because in the epistles you find out who God is. No, 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 no. Really you find out who he is. You take the religious stained glass glasses off and you really get the eyes open to the redemptive truth of God's word and you really see who he is. And then we're also able to understand what he has done for us. The gospels give us a recorded event day by day, hour by hour. The epistles tell us what happened in the spirit while all this stuff over here was happening in the natural it's an x-ray vision into the things that God has done for you. And the x-ray vision, seeing right through the natural into what God has done. We find who we are before God and before Christ and before him living on the inside of me and on the inside of you. And then lastly, we find out who we really are now that he lives on the inside of us. I think those things will change your walk with God, change your life, and continually increase your fellowshipping and relationship with God. Again, if you're serious about spending more time with God, it has to start with daily Bible reading. Bible reading. There is no substitute for Bible reading. No substitute. We have to understand that our daily Bible reading has to be personal. It's a personal time. You know, as a, as a pastor, I, I meet people often and talk to people many, many times, and they're talking about, you know, I, I bring my Bible to church, and I read it when you read it to me. I follow along in it. Well, that's a good place to start. But that's not personal. It's not personal. Again, that's a good place to start. But that doesn't really get the nail hit on the head for being personal, Amen. They have others say, you know, I listen, I listen to teachings and I listen to ministry and stuff like that on YouTube. And again, that's fantastic. And you ought to do that if you find someone who's actually worth listening to, which is not exactly the easiest thing in the world. But once you find someone who actually has something to say and isn't wrong in their doctrine, that's cool. But it does not replace your personal Bible study. Doesn't replace it. Amen. It's secondary to your personal Bible 
study. Again, it's good. But what we're, what we're trying to learn when we're reading the Word of God and what, the reason that we're wanting to go through is we're wanting to see the nature of God, see the character of God, see the love of God, see the actions of God. Amen. We're not we're not just reading the book and and going through and saying, all right, well, you know, I, I'm finding out here in the Word of God that I'm supposed to know the content, and so the content says, don't do this and don't do that and do this and make sure you do that and make sure you obey this order and this instruction and this command and this commission. And we, if we're doing our Bible reading for that reason, we're missing the whole picture and the whole point. See, what religion says is, you better do it. Do it. <laughs> Keep doing it. And then, how dare you say, but wait, why? Why do I, why? Why should I do this? What's the reason? What's the purpose? And not only why, but also how. How do I, how do, I do that? Well, the reason that you and I are to get into the Word of God personally with the Lord on a daily basis is to learn how to apply His Word to our life. That was better than the amen, but that's why we read the word of God so that way it's not about the content. I know the stories and I know the instructions and I know the commands and the touch not and taste not. I get all that, but what am I supposed, how does this work for me? Well, that's why we read the word and that's why we read the word strategically and intentionally. Now, I love Ezekiel but there are things that already happened in Ezekiel and things that aren't going to happen potentially in my lifetime. So that's cool, but it ain't going to teach me how to live and apply the things to my life today. And I like Leviticus, and that's cool, and it's, you know, all kinds of stuff in there, right? But I'm probably not going to find life-changing, course-altering information that I can immediately, in faith, apply to my life today. Well, Pastor Brian, are you saying that the whole Word of God isn't the Word of God? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that if I am so focused on reading in the Old Covenant, Old Covenant, Old Covenant, if I'm so focused on reading in the old covenant, then I'm not going to know how to live in the new. If I'm focused on reading in the old covenant only, then I won't know how to live in the new covenant. And by the way, you and I don't live in the old covenant anymore. We live in the new covenant. So I can't focus. Well, Pastor Brian, what about a shadow and a type and concealed and revealed? And I get all that. But most people who have 15 minutes or less in a day to read the word of God for fellowship purposes, they're not going to catch all the hidden meanings of concealed and revealed and symbolism and allegories. What they need is something quick, fast, easy to understand, able to be applied in an hour. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be tested in less than an hour, not by God, but by life, and I'll be able to apply the things that I just learned. Again, I'm going to say this one more time because I believe that it was helpful. If I focus on reading in the old covenant only, I won't know how to live in the new covenant. And we are living here and now in the new covenant. It's all the word of God. Just God's changed some things, not himself, some things, and how he looks at us, how he treats us, how he corrects. Did you know that New Testament speaking, God doesn't correct you with fire and flood and famine? 
thank God he doesn't give you the stuff that he loosed out into the earth. Now I was reading Psalm uh, 18, which is one of my favorite Psalms, the beginning part. And uh, David says, the Lord is my light and my life. He's my rock and my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. He's the light of my life. Amen. But later on in that chapter, it says he mounts up on the wings of a cherub. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And it says, hey boy, I want to talk to you, son. I'm throwing arrows at your foes from the wings of an angel. Flying in clouds and skies that are dark and thick and dense and and lightnings that are not few. I want to know that God. I don't want the arrows. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But, you know, when you get in the presence of that God, a simple praise the Lord is probably going to do. Amen. We shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. The redeemed of the Lord say so. You don't have to dance and put on a show. Someone asked me a long time ago, how come you don't dance? I said, simple. It's in the question. You don't dance. How come you don't dance? I don't dance. But how come you don't dance? Because I don't dance. But how come you don't dance? Because I don't dance. That's why I don't dance. So for me to cut up here and start dancing in the spirit would absolutely be 100. I don't dance ever. I don't dance anywhere. My, my toes don't tap when music's going. I don't shake my tush in the bathroom. I don't dance. How come you don't dance? Because I don't. Oh, it's a pride thing. No, it's a true thing. I'm being true. I don't dance. I don't shout and dance at concerts. Well, you know, you should shout and dance for the Lord. I get it. I'll, I'll watch you. You go ahead and do that. You know, and sometimes when people are shouting and dancing, they're not on their face prostrate before the Lord. So I'll do the on my face. You do the shouting and dancing. We're going to cover both sides of the coin. Are you here? Are you getting what we're talking about? Daily reading is fellowshipping with God to know him. Not to be accepted or received or blessed or, 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 you know, avoid shipwreck or trouble or trial or tribulation. We're not reading the Bible simply just to get the content out of it. But we're asking the Lord, Holy Spirit, bring this, import this from your word into my spirit. Don't even bring it through my head. Just import the truth of this scripture, the truth of these scriptures from your word directly into my spirit and cause it to be life to those who find it and health to all of our flesh. This is not a mental ascent thing. This is a spiritual thing. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. It's able to separate thoughts and intents of the hearts and joint and marrow, and I want to read it on a daily basis. I don't have time every day to study it, but I want to read it on a daily basis to find who you are and to lean on you and say, in humility, not arrogance, how do I apply this to my life? I don't have it all figured out. How do I, how do I put this into this problem and change this problem with this truth? Application. Say application. Application. Amen. How many of you live life every single day? So you didn't skip a few last week? (laughs) You didn't stop living last month for like a week and a half because you were on vacation? Yes or no? no? So you live life every day? Even like every day? 
Well, that's interesting. Because you're in the same boat that I am and most people that I've met. They're living every day. I don't get to push pause on life. You know that there are times when I wish that I could, and I imagine there are times when you wish you could. And you know, the pressures just, uh, and, and the strife and the struggle and, and just the fight, you know, to get over your own bad attitude, let alone everybody else's. I'm being honest, right? I mean, trust me when I say the old famous Brian Kiesel, look myself in the mirror and don't be stupid today. That applied today. I just couldn't say it out of my mouth. I was like, don't be stupid. You go to church. You go to church. Unless you're in a hospital or crippled or not here, you're in church. You go to church. Why? Because God's going to get me if I don't. No, because I'm his son and he bought me with his blood. I'm not my own. I belong to somebody else. He calls the shots. He tells me what to do even if it's inconvenient. Anyway, so you live days every day. You're living your life every day. You don't skip a few in a week, thank God. Uh, I think if you skip a few in a row, chances are good you've checked out of here and checked in someplace else. Which, you know, that'd be cool too, but we're, we're, we're trying to do something here, Amen. And there are things that, that you and I have that are common to everybody. You know, we're all, I talked to the young adults on Friday, everybody's trying to make their place in the world and leave a mark on it for the better, amen. We're all trying to have a family and raise kids and do good and start businesses and, and help people and love God. And we're all, those things are all common to everyone, but, but there are specific things that come into play. See, everybody in the row may have children, but not everybody in the row has a spouse. Maybe one of, one of the uh, other has graduated into heaven, or, or maybe we all have children, but maybe one of the people in the row's child isn't quite right, that there's issues, that they're believing God to heal them. So there are common things, and then there are personal things, and God wants to talk to you on a personal level and minister to you in your personal situations that you're personally facing every single day. Jesus said sufficient for each day is its own trouble. So here we are in a situation where we know the issue's coming. We see the trouble in the day. We need to run to God first and say, before the darkness of this day comes upon me, give me something that I can take and apply in my life, in my situation. Something that'll cause me to know you more. I'm not afraid that you're going to judge me and get me if I skip a day. I just don't want to skip a day because I love you and I want to know more about who you are, and I want to know more about what you've done, and I want to know more about what you've made me in yourself, and I want to know more about what you are asking me to do with your power, your ability, your nature, your character, amen, your spirit, your life, your word. I want to know. I want to know. Paul said it this way, I want to know him. He said everything else in Philippians, everything else comes second place to the, the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, that I may know him. Amen. So you mean that you can have a relationship with Jesus instead of a religious acquaintance with God? Absolutely. You mean to tell me that, that the legalism and the reasons and the rules and the you better obey is not really the whole point of walking with God? God didn't give us a list of rules to follow. He gave us a person to follow. He didn't give us a list of rules to follow. He gave us a savior to follow. Amen. And he said, you cannot do it on yourself. You must 
receive the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, as many as the Lord God will call, he says, come on, come after me. He didn't give us a bunch of rules, a bunch of do's and don'ts. He gave us a person, a human, who was in all points tested and tried and tempted as we are, yet he was without sin. Why? Daily fellowship with God. He didn't have a Bible to read. He was talking to God daily. He was praying with God daily. He was abiding in God's love and abiding in God's power and abiding in God's strength and abiding in his grace and abiding in his mercy. And guess what? You and I have been welcomed in to that same placement and that same position where we can abide in his power and abide in his love and abide in his mercy and abide in his grace. Amen. And even better for you and I, We've received the word of God. We have it in book form, 66 little books, all in one, packaged up. Here you go. Amen. Amen. Pretty cool, huh? So we have problems daily, we have life daily, and there are some things that are common to us, but then uncommonly there are interesting situations where you got bumps and bruises and problems and issues, right? So I need to go to God and say, God, this is not legalism. This is not religion. This is a relationship, and this is the primary way that you're going to speak to me to help me. I said to help me. Amen. Amen. We have to provide intimate time for the Holy Ghost to personally minister the Word of God to our heart. Who provides the time? We have to provide the time for the Holy Ghost to personally well, Pastor Brian, that's works. No, it's not, you goofball. If you want to watch a television show, you've got to provide the time. This isn't works. We have to provide the time for the Holy Ghost to minister to us personally, to bring the truths of God's word to life and say, here's how this works into your life because I know you personally. I know the problems that you face and the trials that you face and I know where you came from and I know your story. So here, now why wouldn't we want to? This is not personal and private interpretation. This is the God who knows us and knows everything about us saying, I want you to see how this is going to change. And I want you to see that I did this for you because I sent myself. And I want you to see that if you just have faith in this, it's going to change all of this. And there are times where it comes to us just bits and pieces and bits and pieces and bits and pieces. And it's like, you know, I've talked about this analogy. If you have a snow globe, there's a scene in the globe, right? And it's covered a lot of times when it's a present and you open it up and you're like, oh my goodness, there's a whole village of people. They're small, but they're living right here in this snowstorm, <laughs> right? It's for real, what happens, it's like there's this holy ghost snow globe. And God pulls back the things that are hindering us from seeing it and saying, look at your little village and your little family and your little kids and that little snowstorm. And he says, watch how I turn your snowstorm into a sunny, shiny day, warm on the golf course. Sam's going, Dale's going, we're all going. We're just going to go play golf. <laughs> it is a holy thing. Amen. It's a holy time. 
again, there's no substitute. No substitute. Everybody say there's no substitute for personal Bible reading. Bible read, Bible reading. Bible read. I read all kinds of authors, and I'm sure you probably do as well. Most of the authors that I read are in heaven and have been there for a while. You know, like Paul was an author. But, but I read extra biblical writings that, that are good and they're right, but there's nothing, no thing, even though it's about the Bible and even though it's about biblical truths, there's still something to not letting this thing depart from my eyes. If I could, I'd bind it around my neck and keep it in the midst of my heart. Why? Because it is life to those who find it. Oh my goodness, God, you did this. Oh God, you did this. It's life to those who find it. And it literally, actually, physically brings health to all of your flesh. Literally brings health to your flesh. Amen. Nothing can substitute it. And it's the primary way that God speaks to us. Amen. The second thing that we have to understand that our Bible reading, reading our daily Bible reading, our Bible reading time with God must be one personal, it must be two, it must be every day. It has to be daily. Daily we go to the scriptures, daily. If we want to continue to grow in the Lord and remain strong in him, we must go to the word of God, our source of life, our source of strength, our source of help, our source of health, our source of provision of every kind, we must daily go to the word of God. Amen. I've had people say that again. Why, why do I have to read every day? Because you're living life every day. Every single, you haven't skipped any days of living. You shouldn't skip any days of Bible reading because what if the answer to your problem you're going to face that day was found for you in the scriptures that morning before you even walked into it? He already prepared you for it. Problems with bosses and problems with cars and problems with traffic and problems with attitudes and problems with bodies and problems with people and problems with stupidity and problems with temptation and problems, just problems. But yet I can go to the word and say, hey man, I found this morning. Now, I'm going to throw this out there and I'm going to test you. Has anyone ever experienced this? And if you're, if you ever have read the Bible ever at all, ever, I imagine this has happened for you. Has anyone ever said, that is so weird. I was just reading about that this morning. Oh, for real, that happens to you too? I, here, I thought I was just me. That is so strange that you just mentioned that. I was just reading about that this morning. Yes. The goodness of God. Amen. The wisdom of God. The, the genius of the Holy Spirit to give us, now think about this, give, give us, give us, Today, Matthew chapter 6, people call this the Lord's Prayer. It's not really the Lord's Prayer. It's a model prayer that the Lord prayed, and he told us that you and I should pray it. It's really our prayer. He said, when you pray, you pray like this. But people said, well, that's the Lord's Prayer. Bless God, no, it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's your prayer. He just showed you how to pray it. Amen. So he says, hey, give me today last week's bread. Next month's bread. Give me today my daily bread. How do I overcome discouragement? Get in the word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to speak words of life and encouragement to your heart. 
how do you overcome loneliness and being sad? And you, you run to the word of God and you allow him to minister to you peace and joy and strength. Amen. The Bible tells us that the kingdom of God is not in meat or in drink, but it is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Walking in relationship every day. You live it every day. Life is every single day upon you. You might as well start your day, go in the middle of your day, go to the end of the day. Every day you ought to be looking at this word of God. Amen. Amen. Give us this day, Matthew chapter 6, verse 11. Give us today, give us this day our daily bread. You can't live tomorrow off of yesterday's bread, and you're not going to be able to live tomorrow off of today's bread. You need daily bread from God. And people say this, that person is so religious. That person has no clue because they're so foolish to think that everything in the Bible is just spiritual. So here's the example. We say, you know, the Lord says he'll bless us. Well, spiritually, he blesses us. Well, well he'll, he'll promote you and he'll prosper you. And so people say, well, yeah, spiritually, he'll prosper you and promote you. And so we come in and we say, that's so silly. They're so ignorant. They're so religious because they just don't think that God would do that for you naturally. Right? Everybody on the same page with me? We think, man, praise God that we've received this truth and this revelation that, that God is actually doing this blessing physically. Of course he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Ephesians. Of course it says that. But he's also blessing us physically. But then the same ones who look and say, they're so silly to think that all it is is spiritual. Then when we get over to scripture like Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, we're the first ones to say, well, that's just spiritual. Or even worse yet, we say, well... That's just natural. It can't be both. And we're blind to our own hypocrisy. We say to the one, if you think it's only spiritual, you've missed the point and you're not seeing the truth. And yet we get over here into Matthew chapter 6 and we say, well, he's just talking about a loaf of bread. Oh, is he? Well, maybe Einstein, I'm talking to myself, maybe it could also mean both. Maybe every single day he'll give me the spiritual nutrition from the word of God that my heart and my mind and my body need to face the troubles that I'm about to face with all the stuff that happens in life. Maybe every single day, Father, give me today the daily dose of your spiritual nutrition from the word of God. Like Peter said, newborn babies would crave pure spiritual milk so they could grow in their salvation. Today, give me the spiritual nutrition. Also, thank you for the physical provision, but give me the spiritual provision today, the nutrients that I need to get my mind right and to get my heart right and to get my body right, that I can serve you and I can live for you and I can love you and I can make you known to the people that I'll come into contact with. Amen. How, how dare we get to a place where we say, well, it's just natural. We're no different than the person that we want to beat up on and say, well, duh, of course he does things naturally for you. Awful quiet in this word of faith, Holy Ghost Church. Amen. Thank God that he's raised up people to help us combat error on both sides. Amen. Anybody here only eat one time a week? I'm just going to eat once. 
a week. Most of us in this room eat every day, and furthermore, most of us in this room eat more than once every day. And most of us in this room (laughs) wash our bodies every day. Yeah? Well, the Word of God tells us that the Word of God washes our hearts and our minds. We, we, we only just, we just do that naturally. We don't need to wash ourselves spiritually. Well, we sure we do. Why? Because yeah. as Pastor Dana said, at the very beginning of, uh, excuse me, the end of worship, the Holy Spirit said, hey, you're in the world, but you're not of it. And the world is stinky, and it's greasy, and it's slimy, and it's sticky, and it's gross. And we need to wash ourselves and cleanse ourselves and say, hey, I'm going to take the word. I'm going to scrub my brain and stop thinking the way that the world thinks. I'm not going to be conformed to this world. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. I'm not going to be conformed to the world or the world system and how they think. I'm going to be transformed by renewing my mind with the word of God that I could prove what is the perfect, acceptable will, good, perfect, and acceptable will of God in Christ. I'm going to wash my, my spirit and wash my brain. And people say, you brainwashed? That's the plan. <laughs> I'm I sure am trying. I had someone literally look at me. They're like, you think that people should be brainwashed? And I literally looked at them and I said, that is my goal. And they looked at me and said, this is the craziest person. He's literally asking to be in a cult. <laughs> I said, this isn't, I'm, talk, I'm not talking about being in a cult. I'm talk, and I said to him, I'm talking about washing my mind with the word of God, that I stop thinking the way that the world thinks. And I'm not talking about like, male or female body parts or or pleasures of the world like the world thinks. I'm talking about, well, you know, we're just going to go under and we don't have enough and I don't know what's going to happen and bite our fingernails off to the knuckle. That's what I'm talking about. No hope, no peace. I'm not going to think like the world thinks. I'm also not going to think about those goofy things either. I'm not going to get caught in the pattern of how the world thinks. Amen? He's going to supply to us our necessary spiritual nutrition every single day. It comes from being a student of the Word of God, and it comes from being someone who is reading the Word of God. There is no substitution. No substitution. Can't watch it on YouTube. You can't read it in a different book. There's no substitution for the Word in words of God. Amen. Father, we thank you that as we uh, walk intentionally towards fulfilling and doing these spiritual truths, I thank you that you're causing us to continue to be blessed, to be positioned and placed, to be able to receive from you and be able to do all that is that you've asked us to do, and we thank you for it. Lord, I thank you. This has been my prayer since 2009 that I would be able, by the privilege of God, to pastor of people who would be Bible readers, that I would have the privilege to pastor people who would have a heart for the lost in the world, and that I would be privileged to pastor people that would absolutely walk in the Spirit. I thank you that here in 2017, you're continuing to put that before us, walk in my Spirit, come to me, be concerned about the world be concerned about my word. We thank you for it, Father. We love you today. In Jesus' name, amen.